Hello and welcome to That Was a Departure, a music podcast where I talk to my friends and other music nerds about their favorite bands and albums that were a departure from that band's previous work. The guiding principle of the podcast is that bands don't sell out, they just change. So that's what I like to talk about. Today I've got my friend Adam on the show. Adam and I talk about Under Oath a band that for a long time was pegged as Christian metal, but actually over the past decade or so has tried somewhat in vain to shed that label. On today's episode, Adam and I talked about Under Oath's 2018 record Erase Me, which was the first time that lineup had gotten back together since 2008 when they released Define the Great Line, which is in my opinion, the album that kind of defined their sound. Adam and I address that age-old question, is Under Oath a Christian band? The answer may surprise you. Thanks to Adam for joining me today. He's a big Under Oath fan, but neither of us had really explored their music as much as we did for this episode. So I appreciate his time and insights. Without further ado, here's me and Adam discussing Under Oath Erase Me on That Was a Departure. Adam, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. All right, that was the whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're here to talk about Under Oath. And it's funny because we're seeing Under Oath tonight. We're in Milwaukee. You've invited me to your home. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Glad to have you here. And I am looking forward to the concert. I probably have not seen them since 2008 or wow. so. I was going to say um, uh, the last time you saw them. I've never seen them. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. So 2008, you saw them on the um, uh, Lost in the Sound of Separation Tour. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it was, I remember it being very good, but I was also like not as into that kind of metal hardcore scene at that time. Right. Yeah. You, what were you into at the time? So, so yeah, just, we're, we're going to talk about under oath here. We're going to talk about define the great line. We're going to talk about erase me, which came out 10 years later, but you know, let's start like, so you saw them in 2008, I guess if I remember correctly, knowing you, you were into like thrice AFI, like that kind of stuff. You weren't really into metal. Like, where were you when you first heard Under Oath, I guess? So that, I was not really into, like, the hardcore screaming at all when I first heard them. Yeah. Um, But I remember walking into a Hot Topic uh, at a mall and just seeing that album cover of uh, They're Only Chasing Chasing Safety safety. with, like, the the woman with the the mask mask. on. Yeah. That's and a great album cover. Like, it, it, it draws your attention, yes. right? Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember, like, because that's back when uh, when Hot Topic had those, you know, like, those little listening stations. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. You could, that had, like, 12 different albums, and you could just put the yep. probably really gross headphones yeah, on. Right. Yes, And yeah. you, could, you could feel the sweat from all the yeah. people that listened yeah, before the, you. Yes, right, right. <laughs> but uh, I picked up that album, and then just, like, that first song hooked me, and I was like, yeah. you know what, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to buy this, walked up to the counter, and yeah. that was kind of it. And I I just had probably seen them with Thrice maybe 
six months after that. Okay. So they were kind of like both supporting albums they had just put out. So um, was that Chasing Safety when yes. you saw them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my first experience with on so in high school I was in a metal band. And, um, the scene at the time, there was another band with some people that went to high school with me that were, um, explicitly, well, I don't know how explicit it was. Cause like half, and this is a good kind of like under oath is kind of the same way. Like, I don't know, but they kind of were billed as a Christian band, this other band that was in high school with me. And I remember they really liked under oath and that's kind of what planted the seed in my head of like, they're a Christian, under oath's a Christian band. Right. Um, but the first album I really ever got into from them was Define the Great Line, which we'll talk about. Um, but I remember getting that album in college, and I had a Zune at the time. And um, Same. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Better than an iPod. Um, and I, You're Ever So Inviting came on. and Or no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, you're ever so inviting is chasing safety. Is it? No, no, that's, no. that's, uh, that's define the great line. All right. We're going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, in regards to myself came on and the album just clicks, you know, and it's that clicking wheel. Yeah. It's like the, uh, like a, uh, what is it? Like film reel or yeah, something. Film reel. Yeah. 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 And that came on, I had my fucking shitty earbuds, my zoom earbuds in or whatever. And that came on. And I just remember when the vocals popped in, I was like, fuck, this is really cool. Like yeah. I really like yeah, this. I, yeah. Dude, I hear it. I hear that opening as I'm just like shuffling through yeah, my, yeah. my current music collection. And every time I'm like, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to let it start. We're going to yeah. let it roll for, yeah. for 10 seconds. Yeah. And then, yeah, by the, you know, it's like a two and a half yeah, minute three song minutes or later. something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, by the end, I'm like, God, that's such a good song. Every time it, yeah. it ropes me in. It's such a good album opener. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about when we talk about Define the Great Line is like, as a package, how great that album is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can listen, you have to listen to it cover to cover basically. Yeah. Like, Chasing Safety had the singles for sure, but whenever I hear like the opening song for Chasing Safety, I'm never like, gotta listen to the album, you know? Yeah. Like, I like that song, but like. I, same. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of good, like, you know, that's uh, I don't, maybe like more emo, screamo type totally. songs, and there are a lot of very catchy ones, but there's also, it, it just doesn't feel like it's a, a collective yep. album to me so much as like a collection of singles. Yep. Right. So define the great line. So today we'll talk about define the great line, and then ten years later, uh, erase me, um, and we'll we'll get to that later. But talking about how erase me was a departure um, for under oath, and and I will get there, but like not really a departure, maybe right? Like um, kind of like a kind of like a rebirth of under oath or something, because it did take ten years basically um, yeah. for that album, but. Um, or at least for that lineup, right? So Define the Great Line was actually their fifth album. And when I saw that, I was like, really? Because I thought it was their second. <laughs> I Yeah, so. You know, but um, it's not. It's their fifth album. I came to that realization the other day that yeah. there were like two or three albums with the original singer. The original and I, singer, yeah. I think they were just released because they were a pretty popular band. But right. I don't think they were ever, those albums were like ever well known amongst the public. And I don't, I doubt they support them at all. Oh yeah. I don't, I, I think under oath in like 2010 ish, uh, released an album called, uh, what is it called? Player old stuff. It's called player old stuff. And it's, uh, it's just a compilation and they have some songs from 
the album just before Chasing Safety. They have a, I think they have a couple songs from that album on. So that would have been pre Spencer on vocals. Okay, I, yeah, um, I did not know they did that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the album I saw it on on Spotify. The album is called Play Your Old Stuff, um, but it's like a greatest hits thing. Um, hmm. um, so yeah, uh, To Find the Great Line was their fifth album. It was their second album with Spencer on vocals. Um, they recorded it January through March of 06 and released it June of 06, which is, I said this when I, I did an episode about Paramore. Um, that's like insane that they recorded this in three months and released it. Like, I feel like that's so fast. That seems very fast, especially yeah. to release it. Right. And like, we talked a second ago about how tight the album is from like cover to cover to release like a complete package like that in that short of time is crazy. Yeah. Um, but, and it feels so complete. Like it feels like a very purposeful album from front to back. Um, and they released it on tooth and nail records, which was a Christian label at the time. So when people, if people know anything about under oath or metal or metal core in the aughts and the tens, 2010s, I think they would know you say under oath and they're like, Oh, it's a Christian band. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and I guess we'll talk about that too, but, um, so you listen, so I, I listen to the albums front to back in a row. Like I listen to this and I listen to a race. So you did the same thing, right? Or something close to that. Yes. Yeah. What were your initial, we can, whatever you want to do. We can talk about singles. We can talk about songs overall, I guess. Where do, where do you want to start with Define the Great Line? Like, what do you, what do you have for that? Um, so I was going to start with how cohesive of an album yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. but we kind of already touched on that. Um, but I, I think maybe the next thing is to me, how much like they, they sort of developed, I don't know, Spencer's vocal range yeah, totally. on that album. Mm-hmm. Um, because on, uh, on safety, they only had that kind of like screamo scream, high scream. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I remember this one, actually it turned off a lot of my friends who are really into mm-hmm. only chasing safety yeah. when they first heard it. Cause they, they didn't like that more like growl or roar that he does, but he uses such a range. And on yep. some of the songs he does, I don't even know how to explain it. And I kind of don't want to do it yeah. for the podcast, but <laughs> yeah. it's like, he just like fluctuates his voice in a way that like shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember um, that at the time when chasing safety came out, um, uh, or I guess I, I don't remember it coming out, but I, you know, it, as when, when to find the great line came out, I remember reading or talking to friends and it's like with chasing safety, it was really Spencer just trying to match the old vocalist whose name I've fully forgotten now. Um, uh, you Dallas, yep, you something pulled, you pulled names out earlier. Yeah. You know, names. Um, so I can look this up. It's, it's some, it's Dallas something, yeah, I but on. I can look this up. Dallas Taylor. I was actually going to say Taylor and I was like, that's wrong. I don't know why I'm thinking Taylor. Dallas Taylor. He he was on, so there are three albums before Spencer were active depression, 1999 cries of the past, 2000 changing of times, 2002 changing of times is the, if you saw the cover, you'd remember it. Like I saw the album cover and I was like, Oh yeah, I I remember that. But I do see that one. And I always think of it as like, well, not going to listen to that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the thing in preparing for this episode, I listened to like a couple songs Mm -hmm. just to get a sense. And yeah, it is cookie cutter early aughts metalcore, like for sure. Like 
I, that's that's the sense I always got from it because I did try to give it a few listens oh, back in the day, like before it. the concert. Yeah. Um, no, no. when I first saw them, but no, no, yeah. there's like no singles on those yeah. albums either. <laughs> but no, so um. Uh, yeah, I remember people saying that Spencer on Chasing Safety was just trying to mimic Dallas. Um, and you're, I, I, I fully agree with you. It's all high screams. Um, and what I love about his vocals on Define the Great Line is what range he has. Yep. You know? And I actually really, really like his low growl. Yeah. It's oh. one of my favorite low growls for, for metal singers. Yeah, it, um, there's something about him, his vocals that are like, they just have such a punch or like a brutality yeah, to them yeah, yeah, yeah. that I, I feel like very few singers do, but then he can also do that high scream and he yep. can go like back and forth between them, yep. which he does in a lot of songs. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I, I love that for define the great line. I like, I think define the great line was like under Oath's, like first album, you know, like, I feel like they're a fully different band that, that might be, uh, forgive the pun sacrilegious <laughs> to, uh, say, <laughs> For some fans, because I know some people really do love Only Chasing Safety, but I I totally agree that that is where they kind of came into their own. And to me, that's that is the album that I I think we talked about this in our group chat at one point where we're like, you know, if you had to pick a perfect album, that would be one of those albums that I can always go back to and listen to almost no matter what mood I'm in. And I still do. Right. Yep. Yep. Same. Um, and the singles from that album exist on most of my playlists, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, so yeah, the singles from that album were, let's see. Oh, I'm interested now. Cause I actually wasn't sure what the, you don't single, know the singles I, I feel were? like maybe. What do you think the singles are? Oh, okay. There's three. There's three. What do you think they are? Three. Okay. If I had to guess, What's I was the first one. <sighs> probably writing on the walls. Correct. Okay. That's the first one. Okay. Yep. Yep. Now, the other two, I think you'd know the songs, but I don't know if you'd know the order they came out because I think they could be flipped in the order they came out. Okay. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna guess Moving for the Sake of Motion. I love that song. It's not a single. No? I feel like it's Under Oath. What are you doing? Yeah, right. Uh, I, that one's so catchy. Well, the um, label picks the singles. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so one, one out of two. I feel like the other one's maybe... Um, you're ever so inviting. Yeah, that's one of them. Okay. Yeah. The third one is in regards to myself. Really? So the first, oh, the first song. Yeah. I yeah. would not have expected that. I I just for some reason think that song is like not single territory. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a perfect song, but it's a great album opener. We already talked about like the film reel on spooling or whatever. Yeah. Like just to start the album, I I love that and it just catches you right away. Um, but yeah, that was a single, I guess. Uh, so, um. Let's, so it's going to be really difficult to talk about, to like, to try and say, oh, we're only going to talk about Define the Great Line right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, we can't, it's hard to separate all their stuff, which is part of the challenge and fun of the, of the podcast mm-hmm. in general. But, um, because I'll give you my, or I guess I'll ask you first, for the purposes of this podcast, you listen to Define the Great Line again, like... What was, I kind of already asked you this, but like, did you find out anything new listening to it again? Cause now you're listening to it with like a more critical ear maybe, which I definitely was. So what did you, did you find anything new about it? Or like, what did you discover? Maybe you didn't know or what, what, you know, did it just reinforce the album for you? Like what, what was your experience? Um, so the first thing I, I noticed because I was listening and just taking notes and had the lyrics up was how much imagery and how dark that imagery was. Yeah. Um, 
you know, in, in safety, they tend to just kind of keep to like the, the subjects of relationships and stuff. Yeah. But this there, uh, you know, there, there's the one song, um, I think it's a moment suspended in time. This second track where yep. he's like held captive. I'm a prisoner in the back room where the water leaks and I'm those. Yeah. And that, I just yeah. feel like that's such a cool opening. Yes. And then I think the song right after that, there's something about like, you know, there's a fan spinning in the dark or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I like, I feel like you could tell the lyrics. He was not in a great place when he wrote this. Right, and he was he, in a saw trap is where he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what it was, but yeah. it, it's also to me like very cool the way they, they sort of branched out. And then I, like you said, we're, if we can talk about other albums, I yeah, feel like this is also expanded upon and lost in the sound of separation right. where it was no longer like necessarily just about me or, or like my relationships that I'm having with people. But also I feel like it's both of those albums are kind of like in a struggle with himself. And yep. and I think there's a lot of lyrics that reference yep. Christianity and, and his struggle with that. And I think that it's actually very obvious when you listen back yeah. to it now. Yeah. So I, um, in prepping for this yesterday or two days ago, I sent you, uh, that I sent you that interview that I found with him, um, for Loudwire. Uh, it was, it was Spencer and Aaron, the drummer talking to them. And then I found Spencer's interview that had just come out just before Erase Me came out, um, about how, um, we'll get into it later a little bit, but the, the headline from that interview was Spencer saying Christianity ruined my life. Um, and so like, I, I think I was telling you this, um, I, when I, when I first heard under oath, it was in this lens of like this Christian band at my school likes them, you know, like the couple of people that I know that are very Christian, um, go, you know, go to church every Sunday and they're metalheads and they like under oath. They like Norma Jean, they like under oath, um, so they were always Christian for me. So it was cool because I found that interview. I found the interview with Spencer saying like, I never really wanted to be Christian. Um, and for these reasons. And then I re-listened to Define the Great Line. And every song that I used to think was like, oh, that's very God-ish. That's very Jesus-y. It actually isn't. Like, And through that lens, so I'll, I'll read. Um, so in regards to myself, that opening track, he says... You're busy making vows. You're coming unglued. Time is shorter than you know. Well, this part of that's Aaron singing. I know the light is blinding to the naked eye. It's all worth reaching for. The hands will pull you out. So the light is blinding. It's all worth reaching for. The hands will pull you out. That sounds super Christian to me. Like a hand pulling you out of darkness into the light Mm. is really Christian. But then I thought, wait a minute. Is he actually like singing about himself? Is he making vows that he can't keep? Um, meanwhile, while he's like coming unglued because he talks a lot about like later about his drug addiction. Mm. So, and this only gets further a moment suspended in time. The next song when he says, command me on what to do, but we both know neither you and I are in control. Again, it sounds really Christian, but it could also be like him learning to let go of things he can't control. So like drug addiction or something, it just like made me rethink a lot of these songs, um, into thinking that it wasn't as Christian as I thought. And actually, I it's funny. I think this album is not Christian at all. Like, I didn't get... I, there are some references, but it's almost like he says, oh God, a couple of times. And it's like, was that it? You know? Did you get that? Yeah. Did you, did you think this album was like Christian at all? Really? 
I, so I think there's a couple songs that help, um, and that, that help maybe reinforce that, but there's also, I think more evidence to the contrary. And one of those songs actually is like, um, I'll, I may mess up the pronunciation, but like Sal Marnier or yeah, something. Right. Which that is, one, I wrote that one down too. Cause it's just like a Bible verse. Yes. Right. Yeah. But it's like Russian lyrics. It's Russian. And it's, it's like nobody from the band. I, I don't think. Um, no, uh, uh, what's the keyboardist's name? Um, Dudley oh. is his last name, I think. Yes. Hold on. But we'll get there. Chris Dudley. My, I think Sal Salmer. Now I gotta go read it. I gotta try and pronounce it. Here it is. Salmernir, which is Russian for Psalms. Oh, okay, okay. It's the word Psalms. That makes sense. It's. I believe it is them reading one of the Psalms. Yeah. Okay. That that. Can make sense. So, yeah, but in my notes, I wrote down... Where did I write that down on? Where is it? I, like, wrote down something in my notes, like, this is super Christian. Like, this is just them reading a psalm. But uh, Chris Dudley, their keyboardist, is in that song. So they do the Russian part for, like, the first minute. Mm -hmm. And then the second half, it's continuing in Russian. But in the background, there's, like, crowd noise and, like, shouting and it sounds like it's Chris Dudley's voice, and it sounds like he's like a televangelist. If you if you hear ah, if you listen okay. again, you'll like you'll for sure hear it because I, I, I do know what you're talking about. He's like shouting I, in the I, background, but I've never like listened to what the shouting says or yeah. like he's he's reading the same thing but in English. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's a some it's some verse from the Bible that he's reading in English while the Russian is over top of it. Okay. What are your yeah? What are your thoughts on that song? Uh, so I. I feel like if there was ever a song I did happen to skip when I was like driving around, Boy. that that probably would have been it. Yep. But it also works really well as like I don't know. I think sometimes when they do like a, when a band does a more instrumental song, it can really help tie a couple songs together and and make the album more cohesive as yep. a whole. And I think I think it actually does that. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, it, you know, it's also not like something I'm necessarily looking to listen to. But I, I do think it's like cool. It's got a very like dark sort of a quiet beat to it and, yeah. and very like slow cadence. And it's, it starts for me and you hear this way more in a race. Well, you don't hear it way more. You hear the same amount of it in a race me. It's like this ambient noise, yes. techno noise mm -hmm. that they start slipping into their songs. Right. Yep. And that's why I think to find the great line is like, like under oaths, essentially under oaths, like first album, right. like as the band that they currently are. Right. Um, because that sound continues throughout their career basically. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's one I wrote down and I was like, that's the most Christian song in this album for sure. But I was sitting there thinking like, so how is it not Christian? Is there any way that it's not like, and just trying to keep that lens of like, they're not a Christian band. Mm -hmm. Um, and the only thing I can think of is that because he comes in later with like shouting like a televangelist, the only thing I can think of is that like some Christians really don't like televangelists mm -hmm. because they see him as like greedy people that just want money and like they're using God to get money and like build mega yeah. churches, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're self-serving. It's yeah. like supposed to be all the opposite of one. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's the only <laughs> thing I can think of, but like, I agree. Like it's, it's a, I think I, I, I have this weird view. Maybe you agree with me. I have this weird view of like quote unquote perfect albums where I think every perfect album has one skippable song. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. Because, and it is this song. And but I think it operates kind of as an interlude. Yep. If, if Which is great if you're listening to it front to back. But mm -hmm. like, I I remember in high school, um, a friend of mine who really loved Under Oath, 
uh, before I was into them. He that was back when they had a MySpace, back when everyone was on MySpace. That song, Salmer Near or whatever, that song was the single. They they not the single, but like the um, on their MySpace, they released it as like the teaser. Mm. They were like, oh, we're gonna tease the new album, and then they fucking released that, which is like horrible you listen to that and you're like what is this like is this band gonna be ambient noise is this gonna gonna be like googling like study music lo-fi like what is this band doing i think if it's a teaser that's fine but i I feel like that's dangerous territory to release something like that and hope that people you know kind of warm up to it catch on right yeah like oh i can't wait for the next chasing safety and then you get this like weird russian song um that is not a song um, so did you have, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, um, uh, the way the, the later interviews that they talk about Christianity mm-hmm. or did you have any other like thoughts on, uh, any other thoughts on like your re-listen to, to define the great line? Well, uh, just to kind of reemphasize your point about, um, what you were talking about where you don't think these songs are actually like very Christian at all. Yeah. One, one song I almost always listened to back in the day and thought like, yeah, they're obviously a Christian band. Yeah. Um, and then now that I've like really listened to it and paid attention to the lyrics was the closing track, uh, to whom it may concern Yeah, where it like, it's one of their longest songs. It's like seven, seven minutes. Or eight minutes or, yeah. 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 And it starts very optimistic. It's like, it's not the end of the road or right. something. Yeah. yeah. And then it's very um, quiet at the front, like very ambient. Yeah. Like, and yeah. It, yeah, obviously like they let Aaron do the clean vocals and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it just like breaks down and it is Spencer going hard with some of like his best grumbles and roars that yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. heard. Um, and like, I, I looked at it now. I feel like the lyrics are actually really dark when Spencer takes over yeah. and he's like talking about stuff that I interpreted as like suicide or like a lot of self doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, it does eventually end and close with like a little bit of hope, but I used to think it was like way more hopeful. Sure. Until I listened to it again and like really paid attention to yeah. it and just the sound. Um, but I think it's also like a great closing it's track. It's a great closing track for sure. Um, like that, that kind of reminds me of how listening back to this album, it's like, I, it, at the time, and even listening back now, I think that Aaron's clean vocals are way more Christ-esque, Christian-y than Spencer's vocals. I, yep, like, I totally did, agree. Did they write the lyrics separately, right? Like, did they? Did Spencer write his stuff and Aaron wrote his stuff? Because that's why, even thinking back on it, before I read those interviews and before I saw that video interview of both Aaron and Spencer kind of like saying that they don't want, you know, they're not a Christian band. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think Aaron might be Christian and Spencer's not. That's, that's how I always thought about it because all of Aaron's lyrics feel like the very Christian-y parts of Under Oath. Yeah. yeah. And, and it works with the way they sing, obviously, like right. his being cleaner, but like, I feel like his are usually more hopeful and more, yeah. um, I don't know, brighter. Is that, is that right? I don't know. More like forgiving sort forgiving of Forgiving is a good word. Yeah. 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 Um, because like Spencer spends most of the album, like self-doubt, like you said, self-doubt, dark place. Mm. Um, and later when I saw that interview he did in, in 2018, he, he was like a drug addict, yeah. like right around the time to find the great line came out. I don't know exactly what drugs he just keeps mentioning hard drugs. Yeah. And there's a line in one of these songs that talks about, uh, there's a, there's a lyric that talks about like walking the white line. Yes. I caught that Coke. Too. That's cocaine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. So, um, so I, there's, 
so you listen to the first couple tracks, then there could be nothing after this comes out. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think the third track, that's something I wrote down. Cause the first two tracks, like I, I read some of those lyrics and I'm like, okay, could be, could be about God, could be about Jesus, Christianity, whatever. Like you can kind of read that either way, either is or isn't. There's some doubt there. There could be nothing after this for me is the first time in that album where it's like, he's not Christian. Yep. First yep. off, there could be nothing after this already doubts the, the, the possibility of an afterlife, yep. right? Just the name of the song. So in my notes, I wrote down, Oh baby, this one's about drugs and hating Christians. <laughs> um, he had a line in there. You want to see me disappear? So do I. So do yeah. I. Dude, I yeah. love, I absolutely love that entire opening. Yeah. And that is such a, such a good point that you made there. That is like closing off any chance of like, yeah, he, he loves considering himself Christian. Right. He does not. He, he is <laughs> very clearly. Yeah. Um, so this, this set of lines I wrote down were nothing but hollow vessels in search for what makes us alive. I never said this was my revolution. When you looked him in the eyes, I never said I was a Christian basically. Yeah. Right. Um, how I've walked this white line so many times. So Coke, what a feeble attempt to just feel alive. So like, that's like, I'm a fucking drug addict and yep. it's, you know, it's just me trying to like feel alive. Um, and then this, this, you would never leave me in your wish. Talk about it. He goes, talk about, talk about it. At least it makes you feel something inside. So he talks later in those interviews about like people come up to him and say they're praying for him. Right. Yeah. And he like, was like, okay, like, thanks. But it's like, you never would leave me in your wish or like in your prayer. Talk about it. At least it makes you feel, it, it makes you feel something inside. Oh, okay. I never, I didn't even think about that, but I did see comments on that video that you sent me where people were just like, yeah, I, I brought up the article from a magazine and showed it to him and was like, I'm praying for you. I'm like, that's probably not the, the fan interaction he wants to right. have. First yeah. of all. Yeah. And second of all, there were pe- plenty of comments that were like, oh, you know, drug addicts just don't want to be helped. Christians always try, but, you know, they look for any excuse not to. And I'm like, this is exactly why they're yeah. saying what they're saying right. today. And I actually didn't read the comment, so I'm glad you it's, did. It's, yeah. it's I, yeah, I mean, these are all anecdotal. You know, right. There's yeah, yeah, great yeah. Christians out there that... Obviously, and, and he, 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 he addresses that in all the interviews he did, right? He just like, but he also further says like, they were never nice to me, yeah. right? Like I was a drug addict. I was l- losing myself. And they never, you know, like the people that were saying they were Christians never helped me. But yeah, that I, I did not think of that until you just said it. Talk about, talk, talk about, about, at least it least makes, it makes you, you feel something inside, yeah. right? It doesn't make me feel, it makes you like, at least if you feel better, like praying for me, like, okay, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it, it continues in your ever so inviting where I realized listening to that again, that it's kind of a sarcastic title, maybe saying like, oh yeah, yes, 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 right? Like, oh yeah, you're ever so inviting. Like, thanks so much. But he says, there's no room for cheating and being yourself. And I think that's within Christianity is what he's saying. There's no room for being yourself in Christianity. And he says, failure leaves, this is, I love this line. It's similar to what I just, failure leaves such a bitter taste in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. Not in my that, mouth. It's subtle, but yes, yeah. he does say that. And then also um, the the other line, still fitting inside your mold, would be to sell myself short. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Um, so so I kind of want to go. Well, can we, because uh, that is one of the singles, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what, what do you think of that song? Like, you're ever so overall, yeah. I like, love that song. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I love that song. I think the only, my only thing about it, and this is just talking from a completely like musical standpoint sure. I guess I don't 
I don't love the chorus of like we turn the pages left to oh, right. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. It, it's it felt like it was very much like this is a single and we want to capture the crowd from safety. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I and I thought about that line before I when I because your episode inviting is a single, so I I know it better than the other songs. So and I thought about that line and I'm like, we turn the pages left to right, and the only thing I could think of was you read the Torah left to right. Right? Yeah. You read the Jewish Bible left to right because mm-hmm. they read the other direction. Mm-hmm. So that's the only, I was like, if they're a Christian band, what are they saying by you turn the pages left to right? That's the only thing I could think. Yeah. It could be a totally throwaway line, but I was just trying to like assign Christianity to it. And I was like, I guess he could be talking about Judaism. I don't get the line otherwise. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't, I don't get the line and I, I don't know, just something about that part that I, I don't love. But overall, yeah. like, I do love that song. It's kind of like um, Brick by Ben Folds 5. Let me bring this up real quick. <laughs> um, where the chorus makes no fucking sense. Compared, because the chorus was, like, written by the drummer, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then, because the, the song is about getting an abortion, right? But it's like, <laughs> she's a brick. And it's like, that makes no sense. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. I think it might just be a single chorus. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, just, like... Um, make the label happy but you're right yeah that that part of the song is weird but um i do i i do love the song in general um yeah uh so i kind of want to first off from their wikipedia page i I copied this over um one of the first lines it says in the wikipedia page is and i read this and i was like citation needed because it says for its lyrics the band maintained focus on christianity and i was like did you listen to the album? Because I really don't see that. I think if you... Hindsight 2020, because yeah, now we know what they say now. Right. I, I think if you want to find Christianity in those lyrics, yeah. you can. And you can just be like, yeah, it's it's about like a struggle that they maybe later like find hope in or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And there is a little bit of hope in those lyrics, but I, I think, yeah, like it's, it's people basically seeing what they want to see yeah. because they, they like Christian bands. That's to me, that's what I think of it. Yeah. So one of the reviewers at the time said, while under oath explore their faith with both reverence and suspicion, I see almost no reverence for faith in this album. Um, that, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Something the quote continues: something that sets them apart from the polarizing righteousness of many contemporary Christian acts is their crossover potential remains huge. The prevailing themes in the album of isolation, anger, introspection, and the quest for self confidence. Um, yeah, I mean, but to your point earlier about when you were mentioned like being in a dark room with like the like be, like what is it the yeah. water leaking yeah. or something in yeah the, in the back room where the water leaks yeah and like he's being like yeah. waterboarded or yeah something. i know <laughs> like like I, I yeah i i see this album as like spencer like really just struggling and i see yeah. almost no self-empowerment in the album right yeah um so I wrote down later, I'm like, do they think they're Christian because they just say, oh God, a couple of times? I, I do. Yeah, I, I think there is a little bit of that. And I, back when I got into safety, I, I went to a Catholic high school and I really yeah. did like think I was Christian and, and sure. considered it. And then by the time I was graduating, because anybody that goes to a Catholic high school um, is no longer going to be Catholic by the end of that experience. <laughs> right. That's yeah. when this came out. And I was like, oh, this hits even harder right yeah, now. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I, I was like, you know, if they're Christian, that's cool. But I also like feel like they, they're speaking directly to my struggles yeah. with yeah. the religion here, which obviously like there's 
funny more Spencer was going through. Right. Yeah. But also lives. like I, you hear him talk later and it's like, that was what he was going yeah. for. You know, like I think he was just dipping his feet into it. And when you talk about erase me, like he just gets way more into it as yeah. far as like his, um, distaste or whatever for, for being labeled Christian. Yeah. It's, um, it's far more direct and it's obviously out there at that point. Yep. So, um, to, to maybe just like jump to some of the quotes that he said, um, like in this interview, just because I don't know if you want to do that or if you want to pivot to erase me, what are your thoughts? Um, do you have anything, do you have anything else about define the great line that you wanted? To there mention? were, so there were a couple songs I just wanted to at least touch on. Yeah. Because I feel like they're often overlooked sure. on this album. Yeah. Like it's not one of the singles yeah. and you know, the whole, the whole album rips. So yeah. um, it's easy to do, but like the first one after Sal Marnier, which we're calling an interlude yeah. is returning. returning yeah. yeah. And that it, I did not have much of an appreciation for this song until I re-listened to it I love this and song. saw the lyrics again and, and just, I don't know. There was something about it where it was like uh, an experience for me. Um, Cause it starts out like you got those drums that just build up really yeah, quickly. And it's so good after that interlude, right? Yep. It just gets you right back into the album. Yeah. You know? How peaceful it feels, how it feels against my face. Oh, yeah, what a yeah, long yeah. Haul. The entire song. And then it's got like the guitars that sound like a siren in the background. Yeah. Um, to me, it feels like a panic attack is happening. Oh, I and, love this. And, uh, Cause he's saying stuff like paranoia, like That's, this is all overwhelming. That part's so fucking heavy when it's paranoia and it's the breakdown behind him. Yeah. Love. That's oh. why one of my reasons I love that song. Yeah. yeah. That it's such a good song. And I am kind of upset with myself that I didn't realize how good it was right. until now. I always like heard it and was like, yeah, this is good. Right. But you almost need to listen to Salmarnir like before it. Yes. Just because it's such a radical change yep. that it just makes it all the more heavy. It almost like, but I'm glad they didn't, but you know, some bands put interludes and attach them to tracks, yep. but like, it makes it hard to listen to that track. You're like, great. I got to suffer through 90 seconds of this shit. But yep. yeah, you almost need to listen to it in a row to really appreciate that song. Yeah. It's yeah. To me, that song was just like, they are having a panic attack and they're making you feel it. And it is I love so that. good. Hey, I love, so the lyrics I wrote down are the floor is more fitting for my face yes. here again, here again. This is getting old. I'm being watched. This is overwhelming. Yep. So I wrote down like you could read this as like God is watching, but based on his later comments about religion, I think he's actually like saying I'm being watched by outsiders yep. and they're judge they're judging me. Right. Yeah. This is overwhelming. Like I'm, my actions are being supervised. And I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing too, because like I had read this maybe four years ago or whatever, when erase me came out, I don't know how long it's been, Yeah. but um, there was an interview where he's talking about like how a lot of times the label would, you know, would come to him and be like, you know, this is not good, like for our image or something. Oh, so sure, that could yeah. also be it too. Like, you know, the, we're being watched, but also like you're, you're wildly successful and you're bringing in more money than most of the bands right? out yeah, yeah. Uh, on our on, label. On so with tooth and nail, yeah. like who the fuck else was on that? You know, like, which to be clear, I don't know if that, if they were like more successful, but I feel like that was a band that had to be like at the upper echelon of, of yeah. tooth and nail yes. records. Yeah. 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 Um, they were so popular. Right. Yep. Yep. What else? You said you had something, one more, so another yeah, track that's the, like a forgotten track or something? Yeah, this one, though, I've always known I've loved it. In fact, I, I put a star next to it because it might be my favorite song on there. Can I um, guess? Can yeah, I guess? Yeah. Is it moving for the sake of motion? No. Is that what it is? I do. I love that song. Yeah. That that's. I think that's the first one that I thought was like a favorite of mine. Um, 
but this one's actually everyone looks so good from up here. Okay. Uh, it's like, it's a short song. It's like, it's the shortest one on the album at two minutes and 56 seconds. To me, there is no filler there. If you listen to that, there's like almost six transitions to the song where it's like, it could be six different songs in there yeah. and you would never know the difference, but it also flows together so well in that like two minutes and 50 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just such a good song. It starts out with like in a deep breath, it all starts to change, flip my world inside out. Yeah. Honestly, I liked you better that way. Yeah. Um, just the lyrics. And then it just changes sound so many times. I, I have no notes about that song, so um, I'll go back and re-listen to it. Yeah. yeah. No, I like, I love the album front to back. So like, I'm sure I'll hear it and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. But I also put a note that it has the best outro of any song on this album. And I don't know, I can't think of it at this time, which yeah. I kind of want to look it up <laughs> now, but, uh, just, you got to trust me on that and listen to it later. I'll listen I guess. to it later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll listen to it later. The only thing that I, um, I wrote down about writing on the walls, which writing on the walls when I was in high school, um, or I was in college and I would like, yeah, I was in college. Um, but that's a song that I like learned how to play on drums just Ooh. because it's air, like, a, a through line throughout all of Under Oath's uh, career, other than Disambiguation, which Aaron is not the drummer on that album, um, is that his drumming is so fucking good. Like musically, like if I were to if I were to point out like one thing that makes Under Oath Under Oath for me, other than Spencer's voice, which we talked about, mm. is Aaron's drumming. D- yeah, okay. his drumming is so tight and like powerful and big, and it so it also is like that speaks volumes of like the production on the albums too. Because I hear I'm a drummer, so I listen to the production of drums, and like they produce his drums so well too. Yeah, um, but uh, the the um, the lyric I wrote down was you're almost gone and I'm okay. I still see your shadow. So like I, reading too much into it, I still see the shadow of religion. I, you know, like your sh- shadows, what do they do? They like envelop things, right? Mm-hmm. They cover things. I still feel like I'm under your shadow, stuff like that, you know? But, um, so like maybe a song about losing faith. And, and yeah, and this is another song where I, I feel like it picked up right where safety left off. And yeah, as, yes. as we said, it was a single. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes sense. It could have been a single on safety probably. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also like this one a lot more listening back to it again. I don't know, for some reason, maybe I just didn't love what were the singles at first. Yeah. Um, but I think this one you're a also, hipster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think like it's also just got such a good um, transition from going like the, you know, those clean vocals yep. to Spencer's vocals. I, I think he just like absolutely rips into this breakdown towards the yes, end. And yeah, then, yeah. And then it cuts and it's like, I hope that I hope to God that you come down. Is that what it is? Yes. I hope to God that you're feeling this now. Like that very like echoey ambient thing that becomes like so under oath on their later stuff that could not be on chasing safety. That's kind of like key under oath as they move forward in their career. Yes. And now that you've touched on it, um, it ends with him scream. Yeah. It says, I hope to God. And then it like cuts out. And then it's like, it goes silent for a second. And it's like, I know there must be some way out of here and all of them will be waiting there, which to me is like, he's not saying anything good about whoever he's talking about. And to me, I think he's talking about like the, 
the religious people that are yep. that are looking at him have been watching him has been like the entire theme of this album. I, I, I love the part, and again, talking about the drums, he's like, I know there must be some way out of here. Yeah. And then it's... Yeah. Yeah, that like his fills are so tight. I yeah, just love his drumming. Um, and the fact that he sings clean while he's drumming is also very impressive. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know how you do it. And also, um, you could always edit this out later. But everyone looks so. Oh, good I'm gonna from edit here. this whole thing out. Yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the lyric that I was talking about that outro yeah. is uh, I can hear the unsatisfying silence. My mouth is open, but none of you can hear me, which yeah. is yeah. not very uh, hidden in its message at all. Right. Yeah, <laughs> That's very clear. I think that, like I said, I think to like put an end cap on, on define the great line, like listening to it for the first time ever in college, only knowing that like, Oh, under us, that Christian metal band, right? Like everyone, you know, and then listening to it again, I just think it's so not Christian. Yeah. I just really think it's an album about struggling with his addiction or struggling with, um, his like, ability to like be himself and like feel self-empowered and not be judged. And it's like almost the antithesis of like Christianity in some ways because of that, like just not feeling like he's part of a, right. of a community. Um, and, and like I said, or we talked about maybe the Christianity comes out a little bit because of Aaron's clean vocals and the way he, it sounds more promising. Yeah. Some of those clean vocals, it sounds, what What did you, forgiving is the word you used? Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds more forgiving, but it's almost like Spencer can't forgive himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If, if, if it's about Spencer self, self doubt and his lack of hope, I think then Aaron's clean vocals do kind of give that glimmer of hope and yeah. forgiveness. But it's not balanced enough. No, no, no not at all. It's not balanced <laughs> enough. It's, it's 90-10, right? Yes, it's like yeah. 90%, 90% Spencer being like, fuck all this, like, I, I can't do this. And then like 10% of like, um, you know, the clean vocals that, that maybe sound a little better. Where but. most of that 10% is on like the two singles. The two singles, <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's, let's take a break yep. and then we'll keep going. erase me you want to talk about that yeah yeah so from what i know you didn't listen to erase me i've literally other than on my teeth the single okay which i think i heard in a dream (laughs) because i listened to it and i'm like i think i know this song i had literally i stopped listening to under oath after lost in the sound i that i heard that album came out when i was in college i listened to it and then i never listened to following albums until you until Voyeurs came out, which came out last year, um, and then I was like, "Oh, Underworld's fucking good again." But then I never even touched Erase Me. Yep. So, okay. Yeah. So I, where, I was. Kind where of... were you when Erase Me came out, or where were you? You know, in your were you still listening to Underworld at the time? Because let's we should say Erase Me came out ten years after Lost in the Sound, mm-hmm. two thousand eight to twenty eighteen. Twenty ten, they released Disambiguation, which. Did not feature Aaron on drums. Mm-hmm. It was a different lineup. So Erase Me was the first time they got back with like 
not the original lineup, but like the define the great lineup. Yeah, uh, a lineup. Right? And yeah, we we might be considered bad fans because we didn't listen listen to Disambiguation, but I've heard it's actually like a really good album. I just can't tell you anything right. about yeah, it. Me either. And yeah. maybe one day I'll go back and listen to it. But literally, uh, I don't think I've ever listened to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but you had listened to Erase Me, or where, where did, uh, when so, it came out, did you listen to it, or where, where were you? At? I remember it coming out, and I. At that time, I was really into, and I, I still am, like, I've got wild, wildly different music tastes where, like, I was yeah. listening to, like, a lot of pop stuff. I was listening to a lot of, like, folk and, yeah. um, I, I think around that time to just, like, random, like, alternative stuff. I really wasn't into, like, the harder, like, scream. Yeah, I kind of lost. Core stuff. Yeah, I kind of, for a while, it was, like, the only metal band I listened to was, like, Every Time I Die and Dillinger Escape Plan. Yeah. And, you know, like, I got really into other stuff. And between. during this time, I would go back and occasionally listen to, like, the old Under Oath, for sure. Define the Great Lion and Lost in the Sound. Yep. Because I, I did appreciate those still. But, yeah, it, it just wasn't something I was seeking out. So I saw it come out. Yep. I listened to a couple singles and I saw the interviews, but I didn't really give it much of a chance until maybe a year or two later. Yeah. It was like during COVID, I was just bored sure. and needed some new music yep. when nobody was making anything. And yep. I listened to Erase Me. I was like, honestly, this is better than I expected. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but I also, like you said, it's I think it's a bit of a departure yeah. because it was like the first time they clearly dropped their uh, Christian Yep label like made it obvious um, made it obvious right explicitly said we're not christian yeah. anymore right and yeah. uh you know they had cursing on the album fuck and that was yeah that was the big thing yeah right that yeah. was they talk about that in the interviews which i, I have some quotes but that was the they said fuck in a song they said fuck in a single yeah on my teeth they say fuck and it like christians their christian fan base was like which somehow they still had a christian fan base you know like but i don't know um and yeah that was it that blew them up that was like they're not christian anymore they swore on a song yeah i I, and you know of all the things to worry about that's probably like pretty low on the list but yeah spencer had a quote in one of the interviews he did i think he did this interview right before race me came out in 2018 he had a quote uh with this with this uh online magazine that i found where it was the big piece i talked about earlier where he said christianity ruined my life um that's like the big quote that came out of that interview but it was a really long interview and he had a quote at the time that was like i think it was so it's 2018 so it may have been parkland the shooting in parkland um he had a quote that was like literally a couple weeks ago kids got shot up at a school and people are worried that i said the f word on a song you know like that's that was a quote you know so (laughs) it was yeah it was like just something that people decided they needed to be mad about, I guess, you know. Uh, um, I, I did not see that, but that's... Yeah, that's from the same interview where he was talking about how he didn't want to be Christian anymore and he wasn't ever really Christian. Um, so yeah, um, Erase Me came out in uh, April, April 6, 2018. Here's something that I want to point out right away about Erase Me. It was produced by Matt Squire who is a producer also known for here here's here's his list of bands and i think this really will put some will shine some light on why this album is so different because i listened to this album and i was like this is a radio under oath album yes that's you know? uh, yeah. that's that was my first note yep. like so here's did you look up the producer uh no but the name sounds familiar here's so what the producer see. also has who who he's also worked with so Under Oath is first on his wiki page. And then here are the other ones. Panic at the Disco, Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, Kesha, 
One Direction, Sum 41, Simple Plan, All Time Low, Good Charlotte, 303, The Used, Boys Like Girls, and Taking Back Sunday. Those are all pop bands. I would never, yeah. So I thought you were going to say like grunge or like, I don't know. Demi Lovato, Kesha, Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande. He is a pop rock producer. Okay. Yep. So that, the album makes a lot more sense when you hear that. Yep. Um, which is actually surprising that uh, Spencer made a comment in his interview about how On My Teeth was the record label's choice for a single. And so kind of surprising that they did pick the song with Fuck In It for yeah. the single, um, considering this guy's background. But to be honest, I listened to the album and I don't know what else could be a single from it. Um, but that... I, so, and that's On My Teeth? On My Teeth is the, okay. was the first single. Yep, yep. Um, the other singles were Rapture and I Hate It. Okay, I was going to say Rapture to me seems like it could have been a single. Yep. And, yep, I hate it. They kicked off a tour April 2018 for the album with Dance Gavin Dance. Um, (laughs) Another band that's like, you know, these are like pop punk-ish, like Panic at the Disco. You know, it's almost like they could have toured with Fall Out Boy at the time, you know? Like this album is is so different. But something I wanted to, we can talk about is also, I think it's also like, some of it is very reminiscent of Define the Great Line. Some parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. I think the, the sound overall was more different, like you said, more radio friendly. Yeah. But I do, I think there was definitely still what makes Under Oath, Under sure. Oath in a, yeah. lot of, a lot of the songs and, and the way they wrote do them. Do you have like overall themes or something that you, because I have a couple that like pointed, but when you say that, like, what do you point to or what do you think of when you say that it's still sounds? Because to me, there were more new things here than like things that reminded me of Under Oath. Um, and also yes, because yes, I, I would agree with yeah. that. Also because I was thinking of also, you, we, I know we talked about Define the Great Line, but Lost in the Sound was so raw. Yes. Like it almost felt unfinished, you know? Like it almost felt like unpro- underproduced. Some of the tracks were like, just like had this raw graininess yeah. to them. It was really heavy. So um, that's actually the last album that, so the the band that's on Erase Me, the lineup is the their last album with each other was um, Lost in the Sound. Okay, yeah. So, so. I, I do want to give a quick shout out to Lost in the Sound because that I feel like that one had grown so much on me over yeah. the years. I yeah. really like certain songs. I'm gonna cut this because we're not supposed to talk about this album. Yeah, I know. No, I'm just but, kidding. <laughs> but I just you're, I you're going I fucking track. love it. Yeah. Um, but as far as themes on Erase Me, I think maybe the the lyrics and the way, because you know he was all we we talked about it with define the great line. He always had um, kind of lyrics that seemed to be doubtful yep. of Christianity, and I think yeah. that theme continued. And I also think just like the way he uses his voice and Ver- Spencer yeah, obviously right, uses right. and varies he his sings voice. more on this. Yes, there are like I wrote, I made a note um, that let's see where I wrote this down at. Um, uh, so first off, I wrote down that in places, the music, the production is pretty reminiscent of Define the Great Line. There's a ton of like the synth and ambient yes. and techno-y noises, which as I was reading interviews and more on their wiki page and whatever, um, that that's Chris Dudley, the keyboardist. Mm-hmm. I think he musically was like the backbone of that sound. So that makes sense that that would continue. But um it do, I wrote down, it doesn't feel as angry as Define the Great Line. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's maybe because of the softness of the chorus, but uh, there's like there's like two or three songs, Wake Me, Bloodlust, um, 
uh, that just are fully clean. I don't think there's any screams in those songs, you know? Yeah. Um, and it reminded me a lot of Atreyu and Avenged Sevenfold, what those guys did. Yeah. Atreyu released, um, and this is stuff I could talk about on another episode because I have examples of this too, but like Atreyu and Avenged Sevenfold released these albums where they straight up stop screaming. Which So what I like about Erase Me is that they don't stop screaming because I think we talked about this, Spencer scream and his range of screams is so unique yeah and cool he's one of my favorite like metal singers yeah for that reason but um so i kind of like got off track there but um what else in your re-listening to of erase me what else did you find um i i feel like this one had like you said more more clean vocals than i've seen but it also like in a way that I hadn't really heard from Spencer before. And yeah, this absolutely. might just be because I never listened to Disambiguation. Well, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. But he he has, like, actually really good, clean vocals. Yeah. And it's it's more gravelly than Aaron, but it also, like, sounds similar. I yep. feel like there's a thing that I've noticed with bands um, where when, when they play together and you know, work together over the years. They, it's like the two singers tend to sound more like each other. Yep. And I feel like that's just kind of what it is. Like they start to emulate each other. Yeah. Their I vocals. Could, for When I was listening to it, like I said, I had never listened to it before you told me you wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point where I was listening. I was like, there's no screams on this. I wonder if Aaron's doing it by himself. And then I looked up like, you know, on the genius lyrics or whatever. And it was like, no, this is a Spencer part. And it's like, Oh, they sound very similar. Yeah. yeah but you're right. Spencer's a little more, he, he doesn't have, like, kind of the fullness that Aaron has. Like, Aaron has, like, a singer's voice. Yes. And Spencer has, like, Spencer's a, you can tell in this album he's a good singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just weird to, like, hear three, I think three songs in a row on the album um, uh, are full, clean vocals. Yep. And, and that surprised me listening to it back because I never caught that my first however many times I listened right. to it. And then, yeah. like, when I was really paying attention, I was like, yeah, these these have all been clean. Yep. Um, I also think the lyrics uh, on this one were a departure in the, in that they were just so direct. He didn't yeah. he didn't use nearly as much imagery yeah. in uh, what he was writing. It was just like the the first song, like please God give me a chance. This is all so damn useless. Like he d- maybe he doesn't have to hide it anymore. Right. Yeah. And that was well, like freeing. Yeah. And it makes me wonder because they he did this interview. Um, uh, like a month before the album dropped. So it was like, I we joked earlier off mic about how it was almost like a PR campaign yeah. where he was like, <laughs> I got to make it clear that I don't like Christianity. You know? <laughs> um, like, so yeah, you mentioned the first song. It has to start somewhere. There's, uh, yeah, it's, it's right up front. There's a line. I don't believe at all that I'm the monster you make me. I don't need your grace. You are never listening to the words I said. You've got me wrong. Yep. Like that's straight up like him just saying, I, you know, like, I'm not a Christian and y'all treated me like shit, you know? Like, that's fully what that is. Yep. Um, and that's, I think that's exactly what he means by that, too. Yeah, you weren't listening to my lyrics is you were never listening to the words I say. Right, yeah, like was, absolutely. Yeah, you were never listening to the words I said. You've got me wrong. Yeah. You know, that's what he, that's what he says on that song. Well, we could talk about On My Teeth, the single, which is the song, like we mentioned, is the song where he says, I'm not your fucking prey. Yeah. 
And that's the F word. That's the infamous F word yep, that made one. his Christian fan base hate Under Oath, right? Yep. Um, and so I put on this. It's the first single. It's pretty obvious it's aimed at at the Christian crowd. I, um, I put the exact same thing in my notes here. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I, I, I put down, it's easily the heaviest song on the album. It reminds me the most of Lost in the Sound. Um, yep. As far as like the way his vocals are, the growl vocals he does, the big drums, the big guitars. Um, so he says, save yourself and no one else. What you believe, your life is a lie. Right? This like, is funny because I have the exact same right, lyrics. Yeah. And, and and I'm not notes. okay. I'm headed down the drain. I still feel safe down here where I belong. Yep. So, And that right there, I'm headed down the drain down here where I belong. That is very reminiscent of some of the stuff, the dark stuff we talked about in Define the Great Line. Yep. Where, but this is like even darker, I feel like. Yes, like, yeah. yeah. I, I do feel like some of the lyrics got darker because he could be more direct, maybe. Right, yeah. But we should point out that at this time, he was sober. Yes. So when they, re- and I don't know when they recorded it, but when they released the album, he goes, he talks about how he was sober from hard drugs at this point. Yeah, and so, I, I think it, he is speaking in, you know, in past tense in a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, because another line from that song is, where were you when I fell out? Fully, yeah. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's so clearly like his like reckoning yeah. with the Christian community. Um, to, to more on that point, I wanted to um, uh, bring up, so there was a, there was a music review um, that gave the, it's from Sputnik Music, which, what the fuck is that? But so, did you know what that is? I've, I've heard of it. Okay, and right, I think right. it's only for like quotes. They, <laughs> they gave it a three out of five. And they said, unintentionally or not, Spencer's Music Feeds interview, which is the interview where he said that Christianity ruined his life, divided the band's creatives into himself and Aaron as the pop songwriters and Tim and Chris, which is the keyboard and the guitar, I think. Um, they bring the heavy experimental material. It's probably not that black and white in reality, but it's an easy narrative I think many will adopt in the wake of Erase Me. Um, so like looking, it says, looking for ways to shift and pinpoint the blame on why the album is a relative disappointment. So, and he does mention in the interview that I sent you, the YouTube interview, that usually the songwriting is all four of them together. Mm-hmm. And in this case, him and Aaron like started before the other two. Oh, okay. So I didn't I, know he, that. Okay. Yeah. He mentions that in that interview. So, I, I um, wasn't paying attention. so yeah, no. Yeah. Well, thanks for watching the things I sent you. Um, <laughs> but I did want to mention like a couple of, uh, things he said in the interview. So, um, the interviewer asks him, uh, um, is the Christian community still supporting you? And Aaron responds, some of them, a lot of them aren't. They're pissed off. If you say fucking a song for those people, it's a huge deal. Spencer says, but they didn't support us before anyway. We never wrote songs about God. Go read Under Oath's lyrics, except for a song called Some Seek Forgiveness on Chasing Safety. And then Aaron cuts in and says, which we didn't write. So I think that song was written by the guest vocalist. So Spencer's point, they didn't support us anyway. We never wrote songs about God. So I heard that and then I went back and listened to Find the Great Line. And I was like, oh, he's right. Yeah, you know they never. Wrote songs I together. I do think actually there is there is one song that I would maybe challenge them on, but which is uh, what's that one from Lost in the Sound? Yeah, it's uh, okay. too bright to see, too loud to hear. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Good God, can you still get us home or something? Oh yeah, the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I I think I think, but that's a clean lyric, isn't it? It is. It is. That a, it is, is. That's an Aaron line, isn't it? Yeah, if I remember. Yeah. Right. So yeah, uh, who yeah, knows? Yeah. I, yeah. Um, 
He also said, Spencer also said in that interview, nothing really changed. We just became more honest and more honest with each other. We haven't been a Christian band since 2009. People just weren't paying attention. That's what he said in that interview. Um, then he said, these are some of the meanest, most alienating people I've ever worked with, especially within the music industry. And I know that's a fucked up thing to say on camera. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but then he said, I don't hate any religion, but for us, there was a weird pressure, a weird stuff behind the scenes. They made a painting of me since 2006 on when it came out that I had problems with drugs. There was never any help. It was just like, let's crucify that guy because which like he probably shouldn't have used that word, but <laughs> he was like live on camera. Yeah. So he says, it was just like, let's crucify that guy because look how terrible of an example of a Christian he is, you know? Um, so yeah, that was all, that interview came out just before the album dropped. Yeah. So like very clear that they did not want to be perceived as a Christian band anymore. Yeah, and, and that interview too, I feel like a lot of what they're saying in that is very reminiscent of the actual lyrics fully throughout this entire album. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you go so that's why you go listen to it and I found that interview on YouTube and I was like um I was like, "Oh, should I listen to this now? Should I read should I listen to Erase Me now because I had never heard Erase Me?" And then I was like, "I'll listen to the interview now. I'll just get it out of the way." And I'm glad I did because it really sets the tone for the album. Um he also in that in that article that was from musicfeeds.com, it was Christianity ruined my life was the quote. Um, and the guy asked, it was eight years of hype for, for Under Oath because their last album was 2010, which was Disambiguation. Do you ever feel, did you ever feel a sort of pressure releasing Erase Me? Spencer responded, I don't like thinking of it that way. I feel like we have so much other shit to think about and worry about. We're not worrying about what people might think. I made one rule when we made this record, which was that's not under oath enough could not be said anymore. We threw away so many good ideas and made so many mistakes in the past because we were overthinking what under oath actually was. And when that happens, you don't grow. You affect your growth as an artist and as a band and as a human being. So like, I love that quote where he's like, that's not under oath enough. Like we can't keep saying that. Yep. Right. Um, which I mentioned earlier, like Atreyu and Avenged Sevenfold being a little bit more like pop mm -hmm. friendly later in their careers. Yeah. I don't remember, I didn't look, but like, I, I don't remember them ever really kind of like, it didn't feel like they were saying that. I don't know. Yeah. I just appreciate that he was like, we made an album where we decided we can't keep throwing stuff away, be, you know, throwing songs out because it's not under oath, right? Like, yeah. redefine who we are, you know? Yeah, and I feel like uh, a lot of the bands that I've, I had really liked over the years tend to stifle themselves because they try to make the right. same music for so long. Yeah, right, right. So I actually appreciate when a band's just like, all right, we're just going to do this. And if it, if it's a miss, it's a miss. We're going to release yeah. it anyway. Yeah. And you know what? The funny thing is voyeurist came out last year and it's fucking heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It rips, I know, you know, and in a lot of ways it reminds me of the transition from define the great line to lost in the sound. Like it's like define the great line was like a little more emo. -y, uh, soft in some places and, and lost in the sound is so fucking raw. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then they released voyeurist last year and it's so raw. Yeah. Um, and just so fucking heavy. And that's why you sent me the songs like damn excuses came out <laughs> and I was like, fuck, this is heavy. <laughs> I know. You know, like, um, and that's why I like it so much, but, um, sp just one more quote, Spencer, uh, he was asked, when you released the first single on my teeth, you guys got a lot of shit from the Christian community for saying fuck in the song. Under Oath did start as a Christian band, but obviously you've evolved. 
developed over time. Do you ever get self-conscious, blah, blah, blah. And he says, Spencer says, I don't think it's that important. We've been public about not being a Christian band uh, and people being in different places since like 2009. If people didn't want to hear that or pay attention to that, it's not my fault. Um, and he said, like, thankfully, a lot of the reaction to On My Teeth had been uh, good. Sure, there's people that hate that we said fuck, but those are the people that have been mad at me since 2005. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, uh, my journey and my role uh, in playing a Christian band, I held a huge burden and I got burnt really bad and was treated awfully. So he mentions that a lot. Like, um, you know, like he was a drug addict and he was not received well f- in being in a cool Christian band. Right. We talked about that. So. Um, what, what else did you get from like, uh, erase me? What, you know, we talked about the single, we talked about on my teeth, any other thoughts there? What other songs did you pick up stuff on? So I, I, I will say there are songs like wake me, which I, I think was maybe a little cleaner than, than old yeah. under earth, but yes, I also think yes. it was like a really good kind of like strong hook to it and really good vocals all around. And that was one song that I remember hooking me back uh, to Under Oath and I was like oh maybe I'll give this album a chance yeah, yeah. and I, I think that was a great one but they also like had that thing that I th- feel like Under Oath always did where it was like they had songs like Bloodlust and I think Sync With You and No Frame where there was just like they had a really strong um, like keyboard sections yes, that yep, almost had like yep. EDM vibes and yeah. you know they just kind of let the instruments play out yep. and they did weird things with the song the sound and the vocals and yep. stuff and uh I think that was like a good, a good realization that like Under Oath didn't fully lose what they always did well. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I, when I said earlier about how it's reminiscent of Define the Great Line, that's what I was talking about. There are a lot of parts in this, like I wrote down in, in one of my notes, like it's, there's a, there's a lot of synth and ambient noise. And like you said, like EDM ish. And it's like the tracks blend together really well. Yes. So just like you can listen to this front to back and it feel it feels as complete as Define the Great Line did. I don't like it as much. I, I was about I was like, about to say, I want to be clear. I, I don't love this album. I don't really I like parts of it. Overall, I think it is too soft. Yeah. Which like now they release Voyeurist and it's like Okay, they're you know they kind of are going back and forth, but uh, yeah, there I, are parts on Erase Me that I really really like. Same, same, um, and I and some of them are clean parts. Some of them are like quote unquote poppy parts. You know, um, I completely agree. Yeah. And I yeah, I would say the exact same thing. I I don't love the album as a whole, but I do appreciate it all, and I really do like most of it. Yeah, and I think it was a good a good kind of comeback effort after so long to do something so. So different. Yeah. But also like familiar, right? So different, but also so familiar because this is one reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because if they had come out with an album that was, you know, more like chasing safety or something, you know, it's the band back together for like the first time in 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. If they had come out with an album that was singles and metalcore, I don't think it would have like meant as much. Um, it, I don't know. It, 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 it probably would have been like, I probably would have liked more of it, but it, this, this album to me felt like kind of like, yeah, this is their first time in 10 years they're recording. It felt like them like kind of getting back together and like just trying to be under oath again, yep. you know, like a reset. I, I, I feel like it, if nothing else, you could say this album feels very authentic. Like yeah. it wasn't them just trying to do what maybe made them popular in the first place right. or just um, trying to do what 
what somebody was telling them to do is yep. like a record label or chase chase their former success. Yeah. Um, the, I will say this much. The song, I hate it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I don't like that song. I, I, I wish there's a part where he just says, I'm just a user like 32 times. You know, I'm just yeah. a user. I'm just a user. And I'm like, Spencer, my guy, you've talked a lot about drug use and like in subtle nuances. So this song, I just like, I, it's so over the top that I'm, just, I just did not like that song. I, I get that. But I also, I think the more that I listen to it, you could say, I like it. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. You should cut that. Um, but I, I think it actually is like a kind of a guilty pleasure song of yeah, mine fully. because it is yeah. very catchy. Yeah. Um, and obviously the lyrics are probably too direct with, with the, I'm just a user part. Cause I, I hate that part. Yep. Um, but it also is a good example of them, like alluding to religion, like not allowing you to ever be good enough if if you're always like holding yourself up to that standard yeah and and i feel like that was a very authentic song because of that yeah something that um so in listening to this um with that understanding of how he's tired they're they are tired of being like grouped into christian rock or whatever um that i love that perspective it really made me think about define the great line in a new way and i'm gonna go back and listen to lost in the sound and probably think about that in a new way too but to the point where I got to erase me and I'm listening to it and I'm halfway through the album and I'm like, I get it. You know, yeah, yeah. like you guys, I get it. You know? I know it's just like that. And that's why I get to, I hate it. And I'm like, I, I get it. You know, <laughs> like you don't have to keep singing these songs anymore. Right. Or, yeah. So, but it's also like they hadn't been abandoned 10 years. This, this band hadn't been together in 10 years. So I, I, yeah, I understand how it could just be like kind of like bloodletting for that. I don't know if that's the right word, but just like I, letting Spencer sense. just like write these songs again, you yeah. know, and from a perspective of being sober too, I guess. Yeah. You know? So I understand it. I just, uh, it was, it was a little disappointing in, in that way for me. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think another song where it kind of is the same thing on this album and really does make me feel that way is I, I guess the, the closer I gave up, mm-hmm. um, it's very straightforward lyrics and hook. And I, I think there's just something about it that it could have been a better finisher. Like I gave up, like that's, that's basically the entire chorus is just him saying that yeah. multiple times. Yeah. And it, it feels like your complaints about, I hate it. And I'm like, okay, we didn't really need you to close on this one. We, we get where you're at right. in this. And I, you know, I, I respect what they were trying to do. But yeah, at the same time, I didn't love that yeah. as a finisher. Cause I feel like most of under Oath's finishers have been really strong yes. and dynamic. And this song to me just wasn't, it felt, yeah, I agree. I was going to mention that, um, in motion was second to last song. I wrote down that I listened to in motion and I was like, this is so pop alt radio friendly. Yes. Yeah. But I, I like went to bed and then I woke up the next day and I was like making dinner and then I looked at my phone and I'm playing music while I'm making dinner and I'm like, I kind of want to listen to In Motion again. So I put it on the chorus where he says when I'm chasing that high, but he like holds it like, hi, I don't yeah. remember exactly how it goes. I wrote down, this is like crossfade. This is like a Nickelback chorus, but it's really good. I know, I know. <laughs> like, I put the same yeah, thing. I was yeah. like, this one's too... Too catchy, too radio friendly. Yeah. But for some reason, I, I put a star next to it because I 
love it. I, I lo- just love this like, song. That chorus is that. Co- I want to eat that chorus up, right? I want to. I want to eat that chorus for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like it's so fun, um, which is weird, but. Um, and I and and I put in here like if it wasn't for Aaron's heavy drums and the downtuned guitars, yes, like it it would be more uh, you know alt rock friendly. But his this that goes back. I'm pretty sure the guy who says when I'm chasing a high is Spencer. Yes, it is. Yeah. So and like he hits that high, he hits that note and and, and fluctuates the voice, and it's it's just like a great hook. I love that hook. So that that coming out of this, I knew erase me. Um, but I think that song stuck with me more. And I think I'm going to listen to that song more than anything else on the album. I, I listen to that song all the, it's still in heavy rotation for it's me, but, um, track. there's something about it. Just the way I, I, it's one of those songs that he uses his voice as like with the instruments really yes. well. Yeah. And it's just like, um, I am still alive, but I am just an empty shower. It's just like go, it flows so well yeah. with the rest of what's happening there. What I was going to mention on define the great line is, um, and I think it applies to erase me too. And, um, and maybe it just like, I don't know, all of under Oath now, but definitely these two albums we listen to is they feel in these albums. Like this is maybe, I hope you understand what I'm saying. They feel like a band. Yeah. Like, I I can't pinpoint even though Spencer has these great vocals and like normally you you see a, uh, some kind of band and you're like the vocalist really stands out or like the guitarist really stands out. Um, it's usually not the bassist, sorry. <laughs> but like um, like Underoath feels like like you just mentioned like the vocals go so well with the music. Underoath just feels complete in this album and Define the Great Line and in Erase Me. They just feel like a big, so it's kind of weird. I mentioned that, that critic review earlier that said it feels like Underoath split into two factions, right? Like yeah. a pop side and a heavier side. I, I don't get that on this album. I don't think that's, I don't agree with that. They feel they feel coherent and they feel together. On yes, I, I agree. I feel I like don't everyone really like some of the songs, yes. but they they feel like they're together. It feels feels like everyone knew what the goal of this album was right. and they did it well together. I would I would agree with that. I don't think it was like the vocals were so clean and and the lyrics and everything and then the music was so like heavy and, and dark. That's what I feel about like I, I keep mentioning this because I just it's such a similar time for me. And, but I keep mentioning like Avenged Sevenfold. I feel like when Avenged Sevenfold came out with City of Evil. Um, that's what it was. The vocals, he stopped screaming. Vocals became clean, which Spencer does, but, but it was clean vocals on top of this music. It was so jarring. It was clean vocals on top of music that was like heavy, fast metal. It was just like, this just sounds like the singer wanted to change and the rest of the band did not. Right. You know, with this, with Erase Me, it felt like it was their first album together in 10 years, this lineup. And it felt like they were coming back together and just trying to be under oath again. Yep. Which, like I said, I don't like every song in this album. Actually, I think I I dislike more songs than I like. That's but, and that's I think that's fair. <laughs> but like, well, thank you. I was hoping for your approval. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like, uh, but I I appreciate I can appreciate it, you know. Um, and it doesn't feel it. It actually, I'll I'll put it this way. I guess it got me more excited about Under Oath. It got me kind of back. Like I listening, I know I just listened to it for the first time, but like it, it made me excited for Under Oath again. Whereas yeah. I feel like an album like this that may be more pop friendly, 
quote unquote, maybe would like turn you off from a band. This didn't turn me off from them. No, there were, there were multiple times I would be like driving and I'm like, you know, I just really want to hear that album. Yeah. And then there, I'd probably end up skipping a few songs here and there, but (laughs) it's like, I really did actually like it and really enjoy it. Because like the couple, I mentioned like Bloodlust and Wake Me or whatever, a couple of songs in the middle just drag for me. Like you get past the single, you get past all my teeth and the next two or three songs just drag for me and I, I just like I feel like those are skippable for me um I would agree bloodlust too it's it actually that seems like a pretty experimental song and I don't remember why I I put that but something about it where I'm just like it's fine and it, it was him trying to branch out but then that next one sync with you he just says like the chorus like you can't make it okay you can't make it okay and he does that like 40 times right like, guys chill <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Over um, the over the EDM kind of music, right? In the background. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that that part does feel a little like um, the band wanted to do one thing, and Spencer needed to just say something else. Yeah, but still, like the album feels it feels um, it feels like a group effort. It really it does to, it really does to me. Yeah, and that's what I've really loved about all the Underoath stuff I've listened to, po- starting with Define the Great Line, Chasing Safety. Like we talked about, was like singles and really good metalcore album but like not not genre breaking right mm-hmm. just yep. like well within its its scope of metalcore since to find the great line and on i felt like under oath has been like cohesive yes i've never felt like they went into the studio with like inspired over what the album should be about yeah you know? and i feel like they like with those albums it, it seems like it kind of and this could be totally off base, but like inspired bands that came after them. Sure. Um, whereas I don't know that you could really say that about, you know, safety or anything sure. prior yeah, to yeah, safety yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. Cause it, it was also like cookie cutter. It was, that era. yeah, it was, uh, you know, everything, it, it was chasing safety was a product of its time for sure. Yeah. Um, just in the, album. and a well done one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Chasing safety is like, one of the more solid like metalcore albums. Mm-hmm. It's well produced. The tracks have great breakdowns. The clean vocals sound great. It's a really great metalcore album. But they didn't really become under oath until Define the Great Line. And I think they like got back together 2018, did erase me, and just kept it going. Yep. I think it was disappointing. But maybe it was where they needed to start because Voyeurist came out. 2022 mm. and just blew the doors down. His yeah. voyeurist is so good. Yes. And um, I, I know, um, again, probably paraphrasing them, but I know they said like, that was a very cathartic album. Erase me was, yeah. and they, yes. they were very happy with it, but they also don't want to do anything quite like that ever right. again. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you can, you get that because you know, you do have like, you mentioned like him repeating lines a lot. You have, you have Spencer repeating lines a lot in the choruses. Um, I'm just a user. I'm just a user. You mentioned another one. Um, uh, you can't make it okay. <laughs> yeah, you can't make it. It's like super, I gave up. I gave I up. I gave up. I gave up. It's super emo, but it's also like if he just needed to write that down and be done with it, then cool. You yeah. know, like they they don't have to make it anything more than that. And it it wasn't it wasn't like disappointing enough. Like I said, it didn't turn me away from Under Oath. It made me appreciate some of their heavier stuff more. Yeah, actually, I think so. And so, 2020 hindsight being 2020, it like Voyeurist comes out in the same way that when Lost in the Sound came out, it just makes that earlier stuff you appreciate it more. Right. Like I feel like I appreciate Define the Great Line more because of uh, Lost in the Sound. I appreciate 
erase me more because of voyeurist. Yep. Like they, they're really like hand in glove. Um, I still hate a lot of songs on erase yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I think it was a departure. I don't think it was a failure. No. That's, and, yeah. That's kind of, that's a good way to synthesize what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's not perfect for me, but I do feel like it also probably gave them more of an ability to go as a band that's playing along with, is Ozfest still a thing? I don't know. <laughs> Ro- I don't play so. play at Rock on the Range or yeah. something, and you could fit in a little more. So it sure. probably did help them yeah, with that. Right, right. But like, I don't, I don't feel like that was the entire focus. Uh, still a thing? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They could probably, South by Southwest. They could play Erase Me songs at South by Southwest. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's not. It's not. It's not a Warp Tour album, you know, but like, or maybe it is. I, I mean, know. there was some hard Warp Tour. Yeah, right. I also, mean, like, I think Underwood played Warp oh, Tour. Oh, they probably did. For 2006 sure. yeah, or so. Absolutely, they did. Yeah, for sure. What's the fucking track from Chasing Safety where, uh, oh, it's the, like, the child choir. Child choirs were big with metalcore bands. Yeah, you know what I'm talking are. about? Like, uh, the, yeah, yeah, you probably get, get them for free in the studio and. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you if you roll up and you're like we're a metalcore band, they're like we have a child choir and retainer. Do you guys want yeah. to use them for one song? <laughs> um, I don't remember what song that is, but um, I know what you're talking. You about. Know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, but I mean, I do you have any other like final thoughts on on Erase Me? And we're gonna see Under Oath live tonight. Do you think they play anything from Erase Me? Yes, they play on my teeth, right? I I would think if I had to guess. And you can hold me to this later. I'm going to guess on my teeth and rapture. Okay. Yep. Those are the singles. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which yep. is I probably probably you don't want to like alienate people that you brought in with this music and then not play. Yeah. 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 But it is now a four. But or I wish they'd play in motion. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> that's if they play in motion, I'm gonna lose it because that chorus is such a fucking good hook. Like it's so yeah. good. And I, I want- I'll throw that one in to the hat actually. Okay. I don't let's know. See, yeah, I, let's it depends on how long it. this. Yeah, is. We'll put it in the universe and make it happen, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a five-year-old album now, you know, like it's, it's crazy. Clearly yeah. this is the voyeurist tour, right? Yeah. And actually they just released a single like a month ago. Did you? Uh, I did. Yeah. Let actually, go, so think, they or... actually toured for voyeurist. Oh, they did. Yeah. Already. And that was like last year, right when the album came out. Okay. So this actually may have a little more like, variation to it. Cool. So I'm, but I'm pretty excited for it. Like yeah. listening to these before this, I am much more excited than I would have been prior because yeah. Uh, like I said, a lot of those, those singles from like define the great line, I never got into as much yeah. until now. Yeah. And I feel like those were always the songs that I just didn't have as much of an appreciation for until, until, yeah. <laughs> until <laughs> yep. I made you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Any other thoughts, any other final thoughts? Let's, let's go open the fucking pit up. Right. Yeah, that's let's, right. You throw some elbows. Yeah. I mean, I think we could do it. I think, I think we are, uh. I don't think not so. that old. No, I don't think so. I think we're I think we're at the age where we're standing on the outside of the pit and but like legitimately, do you think they will have a pit? Because yes, I do yes. not. Okay, yes, but I don't know. I was thinking about this today. I don't know who's gonna be there because I'm at the age we're both in our you know mid thirties almost ish, yeah. and I like I went to see Newfound Glory uh, a few months ago, and it was like dads yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like you know glory started and the first album was like 2000 it was like dads it was like people my age and older so yep. i i do, the, so periphery is a new periphery is opening for under oath i think they're a sort of a newer band and they're also a little heavy they're heavier than under oath yeah they they skew more towards like that between the buried in me audience math core kind of audience 
So I think there will be fan, mosh, moshing for them for sure. I just don't know what we're going to get at Under Oath. Right. Uh, yeah. We're, all I can tell you is we're we're not going to get Christian Christians. <laughs> Christians won't be in the pit. I think it's going to be an older crowd. And I, I, yeah. Like I, I don't think long. we're going to get people thrown down for Jesus. That's what I'm saying. That's not anymore. That's true. Yep. Um, if you had to pick a, a song or two off of Define that you wanted to hear them play live, I, would you be able to do that? I love this question. Yeah. Thank you for asking me a question. <laughs> In regards to myself, want to hear it? Okay. Um, and I agree with that. You know, Sal Marnier. I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> no everybody wants to hear uh, those bible god passages. maybe um maybe returning empty-handed i think those two oh god if i i i, ever I, heard I that love live. writing on the walls we, uh, when we took a break you and i talked off mic about writing on the walls being probably one of my favorite under oath songs i love it i don't know that i i, I would i think they're gonna play it it's a big song for them yes. but if i if they didn't play it i'd be really happy with returning empty-handed from that album yeah now now that you said it i definitely want to hear in, in regards to myself but i also god i want to hear returning Every- empty-handed live which i don't think i ever have you don't want to hear everyone look so good from here you were just you were just talking that song up i yeah but i'm just not gonna get my hopes up because yeah. i don't i don't ex- <laughs> i don't expect it i never saw them tour and support uh define the great lion yeah. so i just i think there's a lot of songs i haven't seen them play off of that yeah. other than the singles right so I, and I like i said i've never seen them live so we'll find out okay all right well, Adam, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I loved oh, it. Lovely. It's great. Well, this podcast is brought to you by Roman. No, no. <laughs> <Or> MailChimp. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks. I'll see you later. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. was a departure is a podcast by me eric burgess thanks again to my guest on today's show because without them i would be mumbling by myself for an hour which is not fun please rate review and subscribe to that was a departure anywhere else you get podcasts and thanks again for listening